Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Something From Nothing, my podcast for people who are turning tomorrow's dreams into today's reality. Today, I'm talking about Facebook. And so before I start, full disclosure, I do have one friend who works at Facebook as a security guard, so I'll try not to let that bias me. But anyway, Facebook is in the news right now because of the data, mishandling the data. Some people are calling it a data breach. Some people are saying all kinds of stuff about it. But the point is, their data was obtained and used by third parties who sold it to Republicans to sway the election. That's the big new point in the scandal. And that's bad. That is way bad for Facebook. And I guess for people who aren't as deep in the news as I am, a little, here's a little more background. So this is mostly based on reporting by The Guardian and The New York Times. But back in, I believe, 2013, this academic guy, Alexander Kogan, made a Facebook quiz to collect research data. And the app for that quiz exploited a loophole, which... The loophole had been fixed before this scandal broke, so the loophole that they used does not exist anymore. But he used that loophole to gather data from not only the people who took the quiz, but also from the friends of the people who took those quiz. So all told, 57 million people had their data harvested without their knowledge or consent. And that data gave Cambridge Analytica, which was... Alexander Kogan's research company, it gave them a crazy level of insight into the Facebook user's psychology. And here's where it gets a little complicated and you get into some legal stuff that's just all these different corporations and shell companies. But Cambridge Analytica is closely tied to SCL Group, a consulting firm that specializes in elections and psychological warfare. And I didn't even make that up because it's on their website. And SCL Group is kind of fascinating. They use, I said fascinating, not necessarily good, obviously. But it's fascinating because they use sophisticated psychology and data collection techniques to influence and sway elections everywhere from the UK to Nigeria to the United States. Yes, Cambridge Analytica's data is what the Trump campaign used to be so effective with the 2016 election. Like, Cambridge Analytica people, they it was their idea to do all the crooked Hillary campaigns and that sort of stuff. So that was obviously big in their messaging. And this is just a whole huge big deal. We now have a... This is... Nothing like this has happened before. People used a public company's data... Not illegally. They used it legally, like this is something they did, which was allowed. And then they used it to win the campaign, the election, the president. And that's a big deal for everyone. And it's just, it's an, it's a, bringing that all to light, I think, is a big paradigm change for social media. And I'll get to that later. But my, when the scandal first broke, I mean, at least this phase of the scandal, this most recent development, when this broke, My first thought was, honestly, are we really that surprised? But I always have to remember that some people have better things to do than read about how companies use data, unlike me. I spend my time 
doing that instead of like making doing other stuff. But it's you should read a book. This book, Data and Goliath, by Bruce Schneier. He does all kinds of cybersecurity stuff. But it's an it's a mind blowing book, and it's crazy. Even back in 2016 or 15 when he wrote it, even back then, how accurately companies can record and analyze every little thing we do. It's crazy. So you should all go read that book, Data and Goliath, by Bruce Schneier. This whole thing might make a little more sense to you after you read it. But the scandal, this Facebook thing, has a lot of implications for like our everyday social interactions obviously because it's kind of just the infrastructure of our daily lives but it has like political and business implications and stuff and i think a lot of people are probably going to be looking at this as like more fuel to throw on the impeachment fire but i honestly don't think that the trump campaign did anything wrong like i am unhappy that they won the election but what they did was they used the highest tech tools available to accomplish their goals. And there's nothing legally or morally wrong with that, really. I wish that Hillary had bought Facebook data along with the Trump campaign. Or maybe she did, and the Republicans just bought better data scientists. Who knows? But that data was out there, and it could have been used by really any politician who had the money to put behind it. But... There is a positive political implication to this, and that's kind of the massive raise in awareness around how our data is used now. And I think that's going to be really good, because these social media companies have a social contract with us, and now that we're more aware of what these companies are doing, we can say more about what we want the rules of that social contract to be. Like, now that, we, now that we've seen the the tomfoolery people are going to do with our data, we can expect better of companies if that's what we want, which I think we all do. That's all I really want to say about the politics of it. I mean, I guess the politics of it goes beyond the companies. We need to get, now that we're more educated, we can also ask for better regulations on how our data is used from the poli- from the politicians, actually. So there's the political implication. Politicians, if you're listening... Which you're probably not. Y'all better watch out, because we're coming for those data regulations. But I think the more interesting point of all this is, at least to me as someone who's getting deeper into the business world, but there are so many business implications to all this stuff. Because this really is, we're entering into social media's age of reckoning. Because so much stuff is happening. Like, Snapchat, they pissed off Rihanna and Kylie Jenner, most of their core users, and their investors with this, like, that update that everyone hated. Will they survive? Who knows? Twitter is reaching, like, their social relevance is reaching critical mass to the point where people are talking about banning the president from it. That has never happened before. And so we just don't know what this means for the world of Twitter. And Facebook, which, like I said, is literally the infrastructure of our lives, is subject to intense scrutiny and a massive loss of trust over its most important asset, our personal data. We might see the fall of one of tech's great titans now. And that would be both devastating and exciting to watch, honestly. 
But then amidst all of the social media stuff, Tumblr is just over there in some other zone. It's all just gifs and emo poetry and fan art and stuff. That's a great. That's where you want to be. They're living comfortably over there. Like, there's no scandals around Tumblr. Why can't we all be more like Tumblr? There's probably reasons someone else is better qualified to talk about for that. But the point is, the landscape is shifting. This is like 8.0 tectonic level stuff, people. And this means that anyone whose livelihood revolves around social media needs to stay ready for tomorrow. We can't even be sure that what the social media will look like in a month, let alone a year. Because Snap, like Snapchat, lost a ton of users from an inter- from basically a UI inter- inter- overhaul. They changed the interface of it. But that Kylie Jenner tweet was devastating. These influencers have so much clout that they can drop a corporation's value with 280 characters or less. Like here's a, here's a here's a good idea. Somebody sh- here's an idea. Somebody should share with Snapchat so they can hear it. Actually, you should share it with all of them, all the social medias, and all the people, so that they can all use the idea. But so here, here's an idea for Snapchat to not fuck up. Next time, Snapchat, that you want to do a whole systems overhaul, don't hold a focus group with average users, don't test it with your brand partners whose content you're going to promote, you need to pay some top-tier influencers like Kylie Jenner to test it. And they're going to tell you whether or not it sucks. And those are the opinions you should care about as a social media company. Because those top-tier influencers are core to the social media business model. Like, you need a lot of users on a social media platform. But nobody cares about what average users think. On the other hand, for whatever reason, everyone cares about what Kylie Jenner thinks. So, for a social media company, the top-tier influencers are the ones who will make or break you. Like, unless you're new, unless new features you have are, like, pants-shittingly good, no amount of word of mouth will get new users as fast and as effectively as a stamp of approval from a top-tier influencer. I noticed this with myself recently, actually. I saw an ad for this new social media site, Vero, that like some of you have probably seen ads on Instagram or something. And I like trying new apps, so I checked it out. And it's pretty much just Instagram with a new paint job and two or three extra features. It's pretty unimpressive. But once I went back to Instagram a week or two later, and once I saw somebody I follow on there, model with about a few thousand followers, uh, she posted about Vero on her story. And if I'm being honest, one of my friends could could have posted about it, and I probably wouldn't have cared. But once someone with some clout showed interest, I thought, huh, maybe I should take a second look. And so, thank you if you've gotten this far, because here is the key takeaway for this episode. If you're a social media company, clout is more important than capital. See, Snapchat, I keep going back to Snapchat, they just got huge investment, but lost a bunch of clout. The Kylie Jenner clout, the Rihanna clout. Once they lost the clout, they lost the capital. Their investments are going down. 
And it's the same with Facebook. Facebook is losing clout too. And capital. Like this morning, I was doing the deliveries for work, and NPR said Mark Zuckerberg's net worth has dropped by $5 billion. U.S. And so this is because not only are average users boycotting Facebook and leaving en masse, is that boycott and delete Facebook or trending hashtags on Twitter, but... Elon fucking Musk and other business leaders are deleting their Facebook pages. That's mega. That's horrible for Facebook. Because, like, Elon Musk kind of has more clout than anybody. He, this guy, he can convince 20,000 people to buy flamethrowers with little to no effort. Homeboy raised $10 million off of that flamethrower deal. And for Facebook to lose all of that Elon Musk clout in one fell swoop is catastrophic for the company. So Facebook is kind of screwed because now it's losing the people from whom it harvests data and the people to whom it sells that data. It's like you got to wonder if Facebook is going to put the news of its own demise in the feeds. That'd be crazy. So stuff is changing a lot. This highlights the point that you can't put all of your eggs in one basket. Like, if you invested all of your money in Facebook back in 08 or whatever, you're probably freaking out right now. If you had invested in Facebook and Twitter, you'd be way better off. Now, if you've spent the last eight years as an influencer only focusing on Facebook, then you're going to be sad. Your bread and butter might not be around much longer. And this is bigger than Facebook, honestly. The point that I'm trying to make. If you're a social influencer and all you know is tweaking social media tools and exploiting algorithms, all you can really do is pray that the engineers don't change too much. If you, as a company or an individual, have invested so many resources in one platform, you have made a bad bet. That platform might make a bad update or have a fatal scandal. It turns out they've been super irresponsible for the past decade and we're just now finding out about it but so in order to survive and thrive we need to focus on the soft skills outside of tangible the nuts and bolts of social media we need to focus on building relationships with each other and on training ourselves to think outside the box but you've got to imagine what that box is going to look like five years from now and think outside of that one. Because that's just how fast stuff is changing. And you got to always be prepared. That's better for you. And, like, I'm, I'm thinking about history right now. And, like, think back a decade and a half or so. And compare, Because compared to MySpace, Facebook is so sophisticated. And... Yet, the people with enough soft skills, enough clout, to thrive on MySpace, thrive on Facebook and Twitter and on all the modern networks. For some reason, Soldier Boy comes to mind. He really used MySpace to blow up, and now people, rappers like Ugly God and Lil Yachty, are using Twitter and Instagram to blow up. It's not really about the platforms. It's all about the clout, bud key takeaway of the episode. It's all about the clout. And because people who understand how to create and attract clout will always thrive on social media. 
The platforms will come and go, but clout is eternal. Why, like, why do you think we still remember Ben Franklin? Your man had cl the man had clout. He knew how to work the budding newspaper business to great effect. Technologically speaking, printing presses were basically the 1700s version of Snapchat. It was innovative, like no one had done that newspaper stuff before that they did back during the revolution. And like, shit, can you imagine how fast the revolution would have been over if the founding fathers had had a Facebook group to organize them? It would have taken a week. Put the constitution in a Google Doc and write that thing in a weekend. <laughs> Done deal. <laughs> now, but clout is eternal. Social media platforms just capture the inherent value of clout and put a price tag on it. See, clout is a fundamental natural force. Like gravity. We know it's there, and we can see it working, but we don't fully understand it yet. Like, Nikola Tesla was a better inventor, but Thomas Edison was a clout wizard. That's why he's the stereotypical genius inventor everyone knows about. If you understand clout, you can understand everything. <coughs> Sorry, bringing it back to Facebook now, as we wrap up. I, th I think this honestly might be it for Facebook. Like, this is going to be ugly. This is going to be Monday Night Raw cage match choke slammed by the Undertaker level of savagery on Facebook. Everyone is just going to go to town on Facebook. And if the legal complaints get big enough, this might actually lead to some Supreme Court level legislation on data privacy. All told, it'll probably end in tears for Marky Mark and the Zucky Bunch. And you know, I'm also going to call it and predict that this is the biggest scandal of 2018. Yes, even bigger than our presidential travesty. See, because a lot of the biggest Trump scandals, they stem directly from Facebook. Trump didn't create some of these problems, but he found them and magnified them because the poor the core problem of a lot of these scandals the russia this one with cambridge analytica news feeds back in the election a lot of them they come the core problem of all of this is that zuckerberg created a tool that has been easily exploited by people with nefarious purposes and he didn't do enough to prevent the misuse I think this was inevitable, honestly. Whenever a new technology arises, we use it until massive problems like this arise. And then we figure out how to deal with it. That's evolution at work. We try some stuff, either it works or it doesn't, and we figure it out from there. And as we evolve into a digital society, we're going to keep seeing events just like this play out. So we all need to stay responsive and prepare for whatever tomorrow holds. So I'm going to end it there today. Thank you to everyone who listened all the way to the end. I did. I recorded this on the Anchor app, so if you're on there, you can hit a green button on there to send me a voice message, and I'll give, I'll give you a shout-out and include your clips in the next episode if I think what you say is interesting. Yeah, man, maybe you can send me ideas for a snappy sign-off. I really need to work on that. 
Okay, I was gonna end it there, actually, but I finished this up, and when I went on Twitter to share this podcast, it turns out Tumblr has a scandal, so I was wrong about that. No one is safe. Twitter also, I guess Russian bots were using that to influence people, so... Yeah. I'll see you next time. I guess, actually, I, I won't see you. You'll hear me, because it's a podcast, but you know what I meant. Just, just listen to the next one. Bye.